you know, prayer is, is a big part of my life. You know, I, I, I live my life just constant, not constantly, I'm not that holy, but chatting with the Lord quite often, you know, and um, I would like to share with you a journey that he has taken me lately. And I asked Peter to search a picture of someone walking in a way. But I, I thought about something a bit more romantic, but that's what he found. I'm glad. <laughs> I just pictured a girl walking in a garden, but I'm glad. That, that really represented my life, like one month ago. <laughs> and uh, we're going to call the message The Way Back. You know, at the beginning of the year, I faced a lot of like physical thing, like I got an infection in my lungs and then it spread and it was a bit difficult and I remember in the midst of that process, I was feeling so weak and uh, I was chatting with uh, Dr. Sunil and then he was explaining all the medical things and then he made me sit down and he asked me, Eunice, how are you? And as soon as he asked me that, I started crying, bowling. I was like, <laughs> you know, I was not doing well this year in the beginning. It, it was one of the toughest seasons for us as a ministry, you know. And suddenly we felt like we, we were a complete failure as who we were, you know. And, and it affected our identity, you know. And, and it, I realized it affected my body and I started getting super sick in my body. And, and then in my soul, I was just so tired. You know, there was a moment I, I couldn't handle anything, but, you know, I have two kids and show must go on, as the song says. So show must go on. We have to continue. You know, and life continued, life continued, but slowly I was getting away from what was the source of my life. You know? Years ago, when I came for the first time to India, it was like 15 years maybe, and I came to Bangalore to serve in, in a beautiful organization. And I remember I came with a team, and uh, all the team left because I was not feeling well. And as soon as they left, I started feeling okay. So the Lord Jesus, who's very tricky, <laughs> kept me at home <laughs> so he could speak with me. So as soon as they left... Mm, my pain left, and I was like, whoa, okay, Lord, what do you want? And then the Lord started speaking into my heart. I'm going to tell you what he said. It's in Revelation. So when the Lord speaks something from Revelation, it's, you can imagine. In Revelation chapter 2, and we can read a little bit what the what the Lord says to the church in Ephesus. And that's what he said to me that day. We can read from the verse 2. I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked men, <clears throat> that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not, and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name, and have not grown weary. It's all, it's all good up to here, right? It's all beautiful. But hold on. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. Remember the hate from which you have fallen. 
repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. You know, the Lord spoke to me like this. Like he's, he's so sweet, but he's so direct also. You know, when, when we have a, a hearing ear, he, he speaks directly to our hearts, you know. And he said to me, Eunice, for me it's nothing that you leave your country, that you leave everything and come to India if you forsake your first love with me. The way you used to worship me, the, the way you used to, you used to have a relationship with me, you know. There were, there were those days that I just, for me, all that mattered was his presence. I would spend hours in my bedroom just with the Lord, just worshiping him, you know. And, and then I did this big, for me at that time, what was like a big thing, which was to come as a missionary to a foreign land, very far away from home. Nobody in my family had done that, you know. Generations of pastors and all beautiful, but nobody went for a mission. So it was a big thing, and I felt so important. And here I am in India, and the first thing the Lord said to me, Eunice, it's not like that. It's not like that. You cannot forsake your first love. Because I was so worried about oh, what I'm going to do, Lord. Do you want me in, 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 in slum ministry? Do you want me in worship ministry? Do you want me uh, as training in, in uh, youth with a mission? What do you want from me? And then I saw the needs for the first time. I was seeing like physical needs that, that was so, seriously, so new for me. I, I, I never saw. You know, I, I never, it was the first time I was going to a slum. It was the first time I, I was seeing but what I was seeing, you know. And, and I was so overwhelmed by the need. I was so overwhelmed by everything that I withdraw myself from the fountain, you know. And I tried to do things on my own strength, thinking that I was doing all right. But the Lord had to come and had, had to tell me, no, Eunice, I created you to worship. I created you to be near me. And out of that intimacy, it flows the rest. Everything flows out of that place of connection. You know, we've been made for connection. We have not been made to just live our lives alone, you know. Our soul thirsts for the Lord. Do you know that? Can we read that? It's in, in Psalms 84. As if I don't know the psalm. You know, this month that we were away, the Lord didn't allow me to read any other thing in the Bible. Can you believe? I felt so guilty, but... I just read the Psalm 84 for a whole month, over and over, every day, just one verse. And when I would finish, again. And the Lord would start speaking to my heart just through this Psalm. I was like, Lord, this is not what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to, to dig in your word, to learn your word, to memorize your word. And the Lord was like, no, you're getting away again. So let's read Psalms 84. The first verse, it says, how lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty. You know, if you've never been in the presence of God, if you've never felt his love, this will sound so foreign to you. But I tell you, his love is better than life. There is nothing that can satisfy us more than his presence and his love. You know, my soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. You know, it's not something that I'm invented. It's not that I'm, I'm a super emotional person and, and you connect different with the Lord. Like we all have been made in the same way. 
we all have soul. And here it says, my soul yearns. That means it's so hungry, it's so thirsty, it cries. You know, my soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. You know, David had such a connection with the Lord, you know, that when he felt he was going away, he just felt like he was dismayed. He was, man, life didn't make any sense. And he felt such pleasure in his presence, you know, such fullness in his presence that he, when he would get away a little bit, he would fall in such big sins because nothing satisfies when you have tasted the presence of God, when you have just stepped into his realm, you know, and then you go out and slowly you drift away, I tell you, you're in big trouble because your soul will want that. And your soul, if, if, if you don't connect your soul with the Lord, you will connect your soul with other things that are just worthless and very destructive, you know. Sometimes we fall into things and we try to feel fill up ourselves because we are not connecting with this with the source you know we are we we are not giving our soul what it needs you know we we've been made for worship we've been made for a connection with the lord and for me you know the beginning of this year was like i was so hurt that i just started doing life as a machine you know just mundane, just taking care of my kids because they need me, just doing church. Even worship started becoming really, really tiring for me, something that I loved, you know. I, I felt like every Sunday I had to push and push and push, you know. And then the Lord takes us out of India this last month, and he starts speaking to my heart through here, like, Eunice, you need to come back to me. You need to find a way back home, you know. And then at the end of our time there, when the Lord was really doing this, this, this work in my heart, I, I heard the preaching of uh, the daughter of Benny Hinn. She, she's such a, such a nice lady. And she was sharing with us how her life was so difficult because Benny Hinn had a lot of people opposing him and people would come and throw things in their windows and say things at them, you know. And for her as a teenager, it was such a trauma, you know until she found Jesus herself. Then she got married and all that. But then she started drifting away because they had such a big ministry. Can you believe that ministry sometimes can be a killer? They had such big responsibilities and, and all that. She started, you know, drifting away slowly. And then she couldn't sleep in the night. She was three years without sleeping until one day she crashed down, you know, and, and she had a nervous breakdown. And, and somebody, somebody took them in their home and started ministering to them. And then <clears throat> she was telling us the story, and I felt so identified. You know, I, like, wow, this is what's happening to me, Lord. And I'm, I couldn't see it. I couldn't realize it until you just spoke to me directly, like, Eunice, come back. Come back. Come back to where you are supposed to be. Come back to connect with me. Because that's what your soul needs you know, my soul yearns for you. My flesh, it cries out for you, you know. And then in that moment, in, in that uh, meeting that we were, I, I just felt the Lord speaking so much into my heart that I had to kneel down and pray. And, and I started weeping, you know, and this lady came, prayed for me. And, and I just started feeling like the Lord restoring my soul again, you know, in such a gentle way. And then... 
now again I'm in the place where like, Lord, all that matters is you. You're all that matters. Of course. I cannot, you know, I cannot wake up in the morning and forget my children and just, you know, but I want the Lord, so I'm going to wake up earlier until those two guys wake up because then when they, wake, when they wake up, that's it. Like my quiet time with Jesus is finished. Nothing quiet in my house. So, you know, because I yearn for him because I don't want to fall in the pit again of being disconnected with him. Because I, I don't want to be a machine again. I want, I want to live. And I want to invite you to live also. You've been made for connection. You've been made to be in that intimate place, in that dwelling place. You know, a dwelling place is not a place where you come and go. It's, it's a place where you are constantly and i love how the passion translation when it talks about the presence of god it says the wrapping around presence of god like he's wrapping us like a blanket when it's cold you know disappointment was a big thing that made me disconnect you know slowly i would pray don't get me wrong i would pray i would worship you and when i worship i worship with my heart but there was this thing inside that was not connected with jesus you know i, I want to read to you Another verse that's uh, another chapter that's parallel with this one. It's in Psalm 62. No, 63. Psalm 63. The 62 is also really nice. So if you have time at home, read it. Psalm 63, it says, Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you again, right? My body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Here it's telling us, you know, David is saying, I have experienced you. I have, I have felt your presence and I'm not having it now and I thirst for you. Do you feel like there was a time in your life where you really connected with the Lord? where you really felt his presence and that's not there anymore? You know, David was feeling that in that moment, you know. Because your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with the riches of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. On my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of night because you are my help, because I sing in the shadow of your wings. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. You know where he, when he wrote this, this psalm, David? He was in the wilderness. He was not really doing well. And, and uh, we might go through seasons of wilderness in our lives. When it's, but many, it's in those seasons that we have to remember who he is, that we have to remember, not only declare who he is, but that we need him. It says, my soul thirsts for you. Not that you will fight my enemies. It comes after, after this. He, he makes a declaration. Let's read it in, in verse 9. They who seek my life will be destroyed. They will go down to the depths of the earth. They will be given over to the sword and become food for jackals. But the king will rejoice in God. All who swear by God's name will praise him, while the mouths of liars will be silenced. Here we see that David got so much courage 
courage after recognizing that he is just so thirsty, that he longs for Jesus, he, he longs for him, and he cannot go on without connecting with him. So let's continue reading in the Psalm 84. In the verse 3, Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young, a place near your altar, O Lord Almighty, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, who have set their hearts on pilgrimage. Do you know what's, what's, uh, what it means here to set their hearts on pilgrimage? Other translations, they say, who, have, who, who are in the highway to Jerusalem, to Zion. You know that here we live in a temporary place, right? We are not here forever. You know, and, and, and here it reminds us, you know, blessed are those whose strength is in you. It doesn't matter what happens around. I come to my secret place. I connect with Jesus I'm surrounded by him. He's my strength. And then I know that this is temporary, that one day I'm going to meet with you face to face. In my heart, there is pilgrimage. I'm not so attached to things in this earth because I know where I'm going. As they pass through the valley of Baca, which is valley of tears, in other, in other words, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength. So it's not only for us to, to feel well or anything, you know. After we connect with him, after we live this life of, of being hidden in Christ, being in his presence, that's what he promised us, you know. And it's something very active. It doesn't say the Lord will make you go from strength to strength. It says they go from strength to strength. It's something active that you have to do. You know, you have to intentionally get into his presence. You have to intentionally connect with him. You know, so when you're connected with him, all your tears, you know, even when we go through the valley of tears, who doesn't go through really bad seasons? We all go through the seasons of tears, right? It says, they change it, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength, you know, till each appears before God in Zion. That means when we meet him face to face. You know, I want to encourage you. There has to be a life transformation in our hearts. We have to stop thinking that it is okay to just live life as we do. We need to recognize the need of our soul, of connection. You know? If we want to live this kind of life that it's supernatural, that we want to go from strength to strength, that even in, in, in the valley of tears, you know, the Lord, the Lord helps us to change that situation into something beautiful, we have to connect. And that's first recognizing where have we fallen? In which moment I started to drift away, not that becoming a sinner or whatever, but I stopped from connecting with him. I stopped from dwelling in his presence. That, you know, even though I go through that valley of shadow of death, I know that he's with me. You know? So I challenge you, dear friends, because we are a group of friends, right? The Lord intended us for connection. The Lord intended us to live a life of worship, 
so that whenever we go through valleys, because life is full of valleys, we change it into a place of springs, you know? And we go from strength to strength. Isn't that beautiful? But it's something active. It's not anything that the Lord is going to do to you. It's you taking a step, active step, and saying, Lord, I'm coming back. I'm coming back to you. I don't want to live this life anymore where I just take a little bit and I live my life. I just take some, this is how I've been living months. Something a little bit from your presence to just keep going, to just surviving, to just do my obligations. No, I want to come back to you because you are the source of my life. Hear my prayer, O Lord Almighty. Listen to me, O God of Jacob. Look upon our shield, O God. Look with favor on your anointed one. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wicked. For the Lord is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. O Lord Almighty, blessed is the man who trusts in you. Amen. It's full of promises here. Wow. To have the Lord being a son and a shield is just amazing. What a life, you know. And that it says he, he, he doesn't withhold anything from us. You know, sometimes we feel like we have to earn and we have to strive and we have to do this. So he's going to do that for us. There are a few petitions in my heart that I have before him, you know. And, and sometimes I think, like, I'm going to, I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to speak to this. You know, and the Lord is like, ooh, quiet, Eunice. Just come. Just come back to me. I'm the source. Just, just be in my presence. Just delight in who I am. You know, just, just make me your everything, and I'll fight for you. And then I'll tell you that's your victory, but actually it's not. It's his, you know. He withholds nothing, nothing from those whose walk is blameless, you know. And when we are uh, so aware of his presence, yesterday I was hearing a, pre a preaching about, you know, when a, when a dove comes, imagine a dove coming to your shoulders. The dove is such a nervous um, bird. It moves at any movement, it flies away. It doesn't stay. It's not a peaceful bird. You know, it's, it's very sensitive. So imagine like a dove coming. You don't want that dove to go, Okay. So you have to walk very carefully. Like, okay, what step I'm taking now? I don't want that presence to go. So in our walk with the Lord, is the same. I want to remain in your presence. I want to be so aware that you're surrounding me, that your wrapping presence is around me, that I don't want to go away. I don't want you to move from me. I don't want to move away. Because it's us, you know, he's a dwelling place. He's always there. But it's us taking the step. Okay, I'm coming to you, Jesus. I want to remain in your presence. I want to remain where you are. No good thing does he withhold from us. So I would like...